0: it's fine it, it, it happens every time I drink coffee and I don't eat lunch yeah well but I like drinking coffee <laughs> so it's like a double edged sword dude so,
1: we cut this apple up I'm sure it would uh, sound really okay. good on the
2: microphone just um <laughs> just bite into it and you should be fine
0: I make a great ASMR moment we were just talking about that earlier
2: what is ASMR
0: um it's an acronym um it's a really long acronym and I it went from my feeble brain so mm. Uh, autonomous sensory meridian response and it's basically uh like a tingling sensation that relaxes like starts in the top of your head and like moves down your body mm. and and on youtube they have uh there are these people called asm artists but <laughs> they have like really like sensitive microphone like a 3do microphone and they'll just like make different sounds uh you know that john cage piece uh Child of tree. I don't know that one. Uh, check it out. It's a good okay. one. But uh, like, it's pretty much like you just take like shrubbery and wild uh, and like plants, and you just try and make different sounds out of them, as many sounds as you can. And that's pretty much what ASMR is. But hmm. uh, but very phonetically intense.
2: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, it
0: stops my insomnia in its tracks.
2: Does it really? Yeah. Wow, so you listen to that when you're going to bed or when you're trying to go to bed and you can't go to bed? or
0: Yeah, uh, I just have trouble sleeping. If I don't have at least a couple of drinks to, to relax before I go to bed, it, it's very difficult. So I try to pick a healthier alternative, and um, ASMR definitely helps out with that. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's very dorky, but...
2: Well, are you interested in trying that in HydroPlan or... <laughs> In your music? Do you want to make music like that?
0: Uh, well, I've been th- considering putting a uh, contact mic on a slinky and just running that through a pedal or two and just seeing what that's like. I mean, it's completely... Uh, it's a complete 180 from ASMR, but you know, we could do some TIE fighter sounds in, in the music, I do believe. Mm, would I'm, I'm totally cause down for that. Because that's how that's like in the original Star Wars movies. That's how they got those sounds, like uh-huh. the space battles. They would just uh, run their finger along a, a suspended slinky with a contact mic, or just like tap it or shake it. Hmm. It sounds like, you know, like, like you're working with That's George Lucas. Kind
2: of like a, a spring reverb in an amp, though, right? Like when you like yeah, drop you, your, yeah, your tube much. amp or your whatever, <laughs> yeah. it's a kind of makes that sound. So right? if yeah. you like put the microphone
0: through a reverb pedal, yeah, that you would be... like you could create some interesting sounds. sounds. So like do, maybe like do a, like a wah pedal with it. Make like some funky TIE fighters. Wow. I don't like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know much about ASMR myself. I was only enlightened to the subject about a week ago. And.
2: You're basically an
1: expert then, right? Yeah. Oh, right. He knows everything. <laughs> you know. I think you need to just check it out yourself because hearing about it, I thought I had a pretty good idea of what it was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. after seeing it, was like, okay, like, what is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. But, yeah. uh,. Well, how new it's it seems just, to this would, movement?
0: Uh, oh, uh, it's been going on for pretty much probably since YouTube started, or a few years after YouTube uh, was launched. Uh, because there there are people that have been doing this for at least eight years, and or you know at least a few years, and uh, there's consistently more people jumping on the bandwagon. So there's n- never a shortage of new videos to find and um, yeah it's just it's been going on for a long time I only found out about it a couple of years ago during finals week uh, I was getting really stressed out I wasn't getting any sleep just cramming for exams and uh, and my I was talking to my friend and she sent me my very first ASMR video I was just like okay so I sat on the couch and was completely numb by the time the video was over I was thinking okay I can study again
2: wow uh, So, like, I mean, the way you described it, where, like, that feeling, like, of, like, chills or something kind of running, like, tingles. tingles. Yeah, so
0: you know that, like, that uh, head massager with, like, the the very thin uh, attachments that you just, that spreads out as you push it on top of your head? Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like. Okay. Um, So, like, these
2: people are trying to make music that have, like, some kind of biological sensation or something, or... Like, oh, what's their their oh, goal in making this music?
0: Um, oh, Is it music? Oh, it's not really music. Okay, but uh, no, sorry, yeah, no, that's I was another
2: just, loaded question. Yeah, you
0: know? oh yeah, I mean, it can be considered music. John Cage made a piece about it in the mid '60s, where um, where a, a colleague of mine, Justin Green, on his senior recital performed "Child of Tree," and he had a one of those small harmless cactuses, and he. Put a contact mic on it and was just rubbing the uh, the, the needles with a triangle beater, or he had uh, dead palm leaves and was just shaking them into a microphone. And then and and then when I discovered ASMR, I was saying I was I just made that connection between the two. Where I mean, technically it could be an art piece. Um, it's still technically art in, in providing some sort of biological response, like you said, out of the viewer. Um, but I wouldn't t- necessarily call it music. Um, it's, I would more so consider it like an art of therapy, really, for mm-hmm. uh, people with depression and, and anxiety or uh, insomnia or just any sort of mental health issues that uh, can be easily solved with just calming down initially. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I place ASMR in that category.
2: So is it something that's used for, like, music therapy? Is it one of the... It. Tools. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about that field.
0: No, it can, it can because like there's some videos where they have a. I don't know if it's either Qi or chi. Is it mm-hmm. chi? Chi. Yeah, like where they have chi gongs and they'll just or 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 Tibetan singing bowls and they'll just uh, make a lot of long tones and just play at certain intervals. Um, at, like on a set layout and everything, which is really cool and and I find that very relaxing. And so, like there's so there are some musical aspects to it for sure, mm. um, but yeah.
2: And so, when you listen to this music, you get a feeling that you don't get from listening listening to just any other kind of music.
0: Oh no, there there is a specific response uh, designed when uh, for these types of uh, videos and uh, tracks, really. Um, so there's a
2: specific design. So the people that are creating this kind of music, or whatever you want to call it, I guess, yeah. they're expecting you're going to have this kind of reaction
0: or, or
2: a, 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 one of these variety of reactions.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's uh, typically understood uh, what will happen when you watch these videos because a lot of them are uh, visually uh, driven, too. Like they have, like, Reiki healing videos and um, where they'll just make really relaxing hand movements and... Um, and yeah like if you don't have ASMR not everybody has it it's, it's oh, like a, ASMR yeah. is actually uh, it's it's like people like some people have it some people don't I get it every once in a while but for the most part like the the videos like if you don't have ASMR they will relax you to some degree So um, is this like it's, a, a it's like psychological
2: a disorder or something or? Oh no
0: it, it's just like a triggered response that some people have when they when when they hear something like uh cuz uh like a crinkle or like or or like uh like someone tapping on a plastic bottle into like a very very hot microphone and um
2: what about like fingernails on the chalkboard is that
0: I'm pretty sure that would cause a panic attack <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah that would be interesting to see but I would not recommend it and
2: is there like a lot of uh, studies on this type of music like scientific um, studies. Or...
0: I haven't really looked much into it. Um, it's a, it's pretty uh, Easy to catch on what what it does. Um, a, a lot of the people that make these videos and uh, Tracks will have a, a full description or like the basic definition of what ASMR is and uh, what it's used for and how it can help uh, People with mental disorders or you know uh, ranging from one extreme to the other and uh pretty much it's all about relaxation and calming your mind and uh, leveling yourself out mentally Mm. and emotionally um on top of that to bring you back down to earth uh, when you have trouble keeping reality in check
2: have you tried other types of meditation I mean, I. It sounds. Uh, I'm not saying this is a type of meditation, but it sounds yeah, well, I similar. It's sort right? of like a mm-hmm.
0: like a guided meditation, really. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, not completely, but similar in a way, in, in its own way. Um, uh, other than that, other types of meditation, I just take a walk and just empty my mind or ride my bike. Um, I find it very hard to sit still mm-hmm. in, in a silent space for an extended period of time, so it's hard for me to meditate that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm doing something to distract myself and then leave all my other thoughts behind me, mm-hmm. that that's uh, uh, the second best way for me to to get some meditation in. Okay, so
2: then you, you would say like this uh, ASMR? I'm already forgetting the name of it, you know? But uh, ASMR... Is maybe the best solution you found to kind of relax yourself?
0: Oh yeah, uh, if you if you want to stay in one place and medit and, and have some sort of relaxation time and, and like clear your mind, definitely ASMR will do. will do wow. that. Do the trick for me at least. I don't. I can't speak for everybody. What else, about but... you,
1: Jacob? Oh, has it affected you? Like, well, I I've only watched like two videos uh, at yeah, Stevens house like a week ago, so I, I really can't speak for it. But. I would group it into the same uh, category of meditation. It kind of seems like uh, you can achieve the same effect. and I mean, I really don't know too much about it. But it seems like you can achieve the same effect as some types of meditation without... Um, it's like cutting to the chase almost. And I don't know, like for me, I I think I would rather just Do like a more traditional meditation hmm. But um, I haven't really looked into it that I mean, much And I said yeah. it, might, it might be like what I've been waiting for my whole it, life Exactly, it's not
0: for everybody, <laughs> some people do find it weird um, I found it a bit off-putting at first Until I found like certain videos where it's just people just tapping on blocks of wood and I was like, okay, I can handle this <laughs> But like there's like role plays, you know, like you know, from uh, from fictional works and or non-fictional works and I'm, I'm okay with leaving that on, on the back burner <laughs> that's just not me, some people like it but um, no, I'm, I'm just there for the sounds Do
2: you find that like if you're watching a video together with somebody else that the effects are different?
0: Oh yeah, it's always different depending on uh, on, on the individual really um, y- yeah, you can share a response but that's only if you have the same Uh, trigger responses as the next person uh, Mm -hmm. that's watching that video or listening to the sounds with you Um, so that's what's really cool about it because everyone has their own way of reacting to it and me I don't really get that sensation very often but my shoulders just go limp and I just slump back into the chair or back on my bed and just close my eyes and just take the load off and usually I end up falling asleep
2: what, what do you think that is like what I mean is it what in this music is there a physical response and like how is this um, is it through vibration somehow It's yeah. like hitting the right exactly. yeah, pattern yeah. of vibrations or something and yeah. it's just relaxing you completely
0: yeah yeah you think uh, something like that yeah something like that I like to imagine this being equivalent to say you hang out with one group of friends and you move to another group of friends and your dialogue and your manner of speech changes from group to group to group, and that's what it's like. Uh, you just subliminally pick up on that uh, as you watch these videos, because they're very non-aggressive. They're very slow to speak. They, they whisper or speak very softly, very slowly, as if they're trying to calm you down, like in, in real life. And it's very quiet. They make very subtle sounds. There's, uh, like, they don't make any sudden movements or, or loud sounds. And so everything that they that, that this person does is derived to relax you, as if you were there in person. And um, so I just thought I mean. of
2: something. If you're watching this video, and you're just you, this is a routine for you that you keep watching it, and and everybody's making these just quiet, soft sounds, and you're watching, and then all of a sudden somebody just does something like terrible. Do you think this would like? permanently <laughs> ruin the whole experience for you because you're expecting that every time now?
0: Yeah. Is, um,
2: has anybody made a video like that? Because it seems like that would um, be a terrible thing. Like a malicious yeah. person would could do that. I, yeah. I don't know.
0: Uh, not that I know of. I'm sure if, it, if, if someone has made a video like that, it's probably been flagged or removed mm-hmm. or just lost in the sea of forgotten videos. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't think any of these people that work on these projects are maliciously driven to ruin, to randomly ruin someone's experience I would hope not especially if mean, you're trying to go to sleep and all of a sudden there's just a loud spike in the mic and a loud bang and, and just jolts you awake I mean I know if that happened to me I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep I, I would think be upset
2: it's amazing how sounds can affect us and um You know, before we started, we were talking about The Music Lesson by Victor Wooten. And I know you haven't read that book yet.
0: So it's Jacob's turn to talk. And I know
2: Jacob's (laughs) read it, but, like, when you read this book, he talks a lot about the connection of music and how powerful it really is and how, like, music is vibrations and Basically, you can control the world with music in some subtle ways that people may not realize. And that's uh, a, a very broad generalization, I think, uh, from what he said. He doesn't—those that those words aren't quite said in that way, but y- you get the feeling like if what what's in this book is true— musicians are like sorcerers almost and very powerful um, it's very uh, it's it's hard to believe almost a lot of the things in this book although like if you suspend disbelief it sounds incredible um, and it doesn't sound so far fetched that it could never be true and a lot of it it kind of like they it's explained in a way the, the things in this book that it almost sounds like oh of course yeah that, that's gotta be true but then again like they're talking about things that, like almost like mind control or like mind suggestion like you can through music you can like make somebody do something so, like, yes, yeah, and, and they the time, yeah. they will have no idea that you did that. But you can in, intentionally look at somebody, you know, while you're playing and you can get them to, like, maybe move closer to you and, like, pay attention to you. And that's, like, so powerful because like, that person doesn't even know. They don't even have to be, like taking part and listening but you can like catch their ear in a certain way Yeah, you without even saying anything without saying a word just by playing and by doing certain things I don't know what do you think about that Jacob
1: yeah I mean we can we can all feel the power of music without really thinking about the fact that the music that we play you know, as musicians uh, has significant effects on people and it's kind of interesting to think about like right alongside with with ASMR because even though it's not really music it's it is uh, well not music in a traditional sense per se but uh, it is sounds with intention so if as musicians we all kind of Thought about the power that we have with these frequencies that we're putting out into the universe, then, you know, we would have a lot more power if we directed our intention in mm-hmm. a particular direction. And uh, it's really interesting to think about, but I was having this conversation yesterday with someone about. I guess it was in the jazz context when you're playing more ambiguous voicings, for example, if you're playing on chord changes you're you're not just always consistently giving away the root or the third or the seventh um, and you're you're using other methods to you know weave through whatever you're playing um uh, whether that be improvisation or, or, or what you've written so as to not spoon feed the listener like here's here's what it is and the suggestion that I was talking about yesterday was when you're playing these more ambiguous voicings uh, notes etc then you're allowing the listener to fill in the meaning or uh, the effect of the music with their own experiences more Hmm. and uh it is it seems as though that's a very effective way to really like form a bond with the audience that you're playing for because you know they might not even know like what it was that they felt, you know you might play something in, in a certain way and it will be open to the point where you know they'll be finding meaning from their own life to, to place in the music because you know even that, even though they don't actively have the language to describe exactly what it was that was happening. Um, the experience was there. Hmm. So you think that maybe music that is
2: more directed um, tonally, I guess, like uh, music that has a clear progression, that the root is always present. You know, you, it's it's very clear musically what's going on. Maybe not to the listener, but to the musician, it would be clear. That music kind
1: of directs your thinking in a way. Yeah, it's like well, here's like here's what it is. I'm telling you what it is, and I mean that's kind of always how it's been in a way, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard to get away from that because like most music is uh, scripted and written to be played in a very specific particular way.
2: Yeah, you know what's interesting though, like as musicians. I was listening to this guy talk the other day. His name is Ari something, but he has this uh, blog and website called Ari's Take, and he's a really good guy to check out. Like, he's had a lot of success in the music industry, like, kind of the present-day music industry that's kind of been turned on its head from before when, like, record companies and everybody were in charge. He's kind of, like, he's seen this new, like, independent movement, I guess, and he has a lot of good insight. But he was talking about how, as musicians, we see the music in a different way, totally different than non-musicians. Like, when we hear something, we hear, like, rhythm, we hear chords, we hear, like, harmony, you know, all these, like, musical things. And that's, like, kind of what we focus on. But if you can think back to when you were, like, 10 years old or whenever it was that, like, before you knew a single thing about music really like you didn't even know what melody was or whatever and and you know what there's probably a lot of people in the world that have no idea what the word melody means they probably misused it a million times I don't know that that was definitely me I had no clue what any of that stuff was music was a totally different thing like uh, I don't even know how to describe it it was just so mysterious like yeah just, like, complete magic. Like, I, I didn't know how you could take these instruments, because I, I tried. I had a guitar, no instruction, and, like, I'm playing things, I'm playing tabs. It's like, well, this doesn't sound like that. Like, what what is the magic ingredient that, right. like, turns <laughs> what I'm doing into real music? I, I had no clue that it was just, like, oh, well, you have to actually know, like, what's going on. But, like, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, Uh, yes you know you make a good point that like if you don't have these structural things that have kind of been the evolution of music it's definitely going to sound more ambiguous to us musicians and probably cause us to think a little bit deeper or more more differently than if we heard something that we're like oh well that's uh, country music for sure so when I hear that I think about western or I don't know I don't know if musicians think that way I don't know if I do but we're always analyzing so would a listener really get a different experience from that kind of ambiguous music as opposed to like something that's just one four five like because to them it's all mysterious, but like we said, like music does direct you in some subtle ways. So does that ambiguity actually like go to the listener somehow? You think that's the case?
1: I think there's definitely different levels of it and different levels of, of listen, listener ability. Uh, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, going back to what you said, like when you were a kid, like now, like for not only the reason of, well, I've been more informed with my music, um, uh, but also because it's still so mysterious. But like jazz is like the m- most interesting music for me to listen to in the last two years which is not very long, and I don't claim to know a lot about it, but when I was a kid, you, like, put on some jazz and just, like, hear someone start soloing, and I was just, like, what is going on? Like, I don't, I don't know if I really even, like, care for this, because I have, like, really nothing to hold on to, Mm -hmm. or, you know.
2: I I feel like jazz is an acquired taste, acquired listening, and, like, it's so funny like I had this experience where I played uh, I don't know just a jazz piece maybe Miles Davis or Coltrane or somebody something that like to our standards is not like too out there Mm -hmm. really but uh, I played this for him and he's like what is this you know and I've been teaching Mm -hmm. him for like two years and we've done a lot and he's a good guitar player he's an older student but like for some reason the jazz he just had this look on his face I'm like you know what I had that same look, you know, like before I ever heard jazz, I was like, ah, I don't really get this, you know, it's not really for me, but like now my relationship with it has changed so much that like, I love it, you know, but I, we're hearing something totally different than somebody who's never been exposed to that. Uh, I don't know, Is, is jazz, I wonder people too, who, who really like jazz, who are not uh musicians like what what do they hear whenever they hear this kind of music? I mean
0: I think they hear the culture behind it the culture given the the origins of jazz and where it truly came from and I think people uh, uh, can respect and appreciate how how far jazz has come and how far the the, the, the musicians and the important figures in that in this genre like, have done over the years to progress it. The, the the music to what it is today and how vastly diverse it can it can it can be and what you can create essentially out of nothing or, or from eight bars of a chord progression and you can create a, a unique eight minute experience just on that and, and and composing on the spot. I think it's just so uncertain and the uncertainty of where you can go and where people can take jazz is what I think the, the people find so exciting about listening to or to jazz, or especially uh, non musicians, and uh, and musicians as well, such as me, because I'm still pretty, uh, and uh, much in the amateur, uh, field, <laughs> amateurs uh, field, when it comes to playing and listening and transcribing jazz, and so that uh, personally speaking, that's what I find very interesting about jazz is where like the, the 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 limits are so few and far between to what you can do because there's always a different decision you can make in the moment um uh, and you don't really have to stick to one thing mm
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's like one thing that's like really um inherently jazz is just like the fact that you can like mold something in the moment into something that it didn't start out as and true even though that concept of uh, improvisation exists in other areas of music and uh, in areas of music pre-jazz I mean because jazz had to I mean it had to come from somewhere yeah.
0: right. um, it dates back centuries and centuries yeah from yeah, this like idea different, of improvisation. Uh, oh, yeah. different types yeah. of
1: you know African music and and even like classical
2: music yeah people don't realize this but like Mozart like for example one of his concertos I'm not sure which one but uh, he's like finishing writing it right before the premiere and like (laughs) you see his manuscript and this is what his manuscript looks like he wrote something down then he scratched it out he wrote something else he scratched it out he's like (laughs) no let's do the first one and then finally he just like scratched it all out well, he performed it. What did he do? You right. know, like
0: he just, made it up. he
2: just totally made it up yeah. because, yeah, he could do that. I mean, anybody could. Improvisation is like, well, I think you guys have a motto on that or like some. Right. It's it's what
1: you guys do. right? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> we, we kind of like just kept saying this a lot. Just like we're all can improvising you explain that? Yeah, you're.
0: you're like... yeah, that's all Jacob, right here. It's well, Jacob. it's really not all
1: okay. Jacob. The first time I heard someone right. say that was Reggie Watts, and in... so, so you you stole that from Reggie Watts, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say I stole it, but I I definitely <laughs> identified with it really hard. And he just like said it in passing in a song that he improvised uh, lyrically. Well, you could this say this, too, about this musicians. Video.
2: Stealing, it's what we do. You know, like, that's... <laughs> I know call it
0: borrowing.
1: Borrowing. What's the what quotations yeah. around, around the word? Wasn't that Picasso that said that good artists borrow, great artists steal? Well... is well, was uh, Stravinsky? It is Stravinsky oh, really? that said it about it.
2: music, but it's totally possible because I'm not... Uh, I don't know very much about art history. Uh, although... With the stuff we've been doing recently with connecting art and music, it, it's amazing how all of a sudden, like, I'm really excited about art and just like seeing things visually. And I noticed that, you know, us musicians are kind of, well, we're, we're a little strange and we like are in our music world, our bubble in a way. <laughs> well, I think artists are the same way. And like they have all their little things like in their lingo, you know, where they 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 speak to each other and they understand it. And it's and I'm sure it's like that in almost every type of different occupation. It's just, uh, you know, it's you're just wrapped up in your own kind of world. And I don't know, I just found it really fascinating that by collaborating with art it it really made me want to learn more about art whereas before i was like uh you know i'm a musician you know primarily art's cool but i'm just like i for for whatever reason i didn't have that same kind of drive to want to do it but but participating in a collaboration made me way more interested and i started sketching and just i don't know enjoying it more so uh I don't know. What, what do you guys think about art, I guess?
0: <laughs> um, I, I guess I don't really think too much on it. I, I, I don't really like to make comments on things that I don't quite understand, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because if I'm talking to someone that knows just as much as I do. I don't want to be misleading uh, to anybody. Sure, yeah. Well, uh, that's a
2: good disclaimer. You know, now yeah. say whatever you really feel about it. Oh, it's, it's lovely. I know so much about art.
0: <laughs> but no, it's a... Uh, I like red. You like red. Well, I, that's I a like, good color. I like red and purple mixing little swirlies. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. uh, I like finding art and then s- sort of trying to find why the person made this. Mm-hmm. I mean, because most nine, nine times out of 10, I find a lot of artists aesthetically pleasing and, and yeah, that's the, the visual aspect catches my attention, but you, you know, for a fact, like musicians, the, that artist is making this work of art, uh, with a clear intention of, uh, of conveying some sort of emotion or message. And, um, I'm not a connoisseur of art, so I, I can't look at a painting and be like, oh, he's expressing this through this style or from this uh, era of art. And was like, oh, what does it mean? <laughs> Please tell me. But uh, well, you guys, oh, yeah. y'all have
2: some art in your in your band, right? Like, a it's bit. Uh, what kind of? I mean, is it like psychedelic or like what is that art? It's right. like comic almost. You're talking about the album cover? I guess it's the album yeah. cover. Yeah, That's like... Definitely
0: Psychedelic. Psychedelic. Um, maybe a little satirical. Uh, it's probably a bad description, but...
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, I would say that. It's, um... Who made that? So, that was a guy named Alex Austin. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, he... Ended up doing that... For us, after talking to him for a while, he's a graphic designer who lives in Austin. Okay. And um, yeah, I just sent him some of our music, and we, we talked back and forth, and and after a while, he tried to come up with something involving uh, the hydra. So he, he mm-hmm. did the like lizard person. The varsity uh,
0: basketball team.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, kind of have like this like like pink and green thing going on uh i think that was to demonstrate like uh, the plane aspect
2: um yeah you're getting me into another topic too that i want to talk about about the name hydroplane well i, I just wanted to to out.
1: say but, something about music and art real quick okay yeah, we, yeah go ahead we absolutely we well, got 10 seconds no. go <laughs> <laughs> uh well um Music and art are really similar, I think, in that the musician and the artist are really just taking an aspect of life, or an aspect of themselves, same thing, and just placing it before you, and either saying, this is a piece of me, look at it, hopefully you can learn something about yourself from it, because we're the same. And music, I think, oh well first, art is decorating a space with material whether that be paint, uh, color um, or whatever, sculpture, etc. Music in the same vein is decorating time with sound. Hmm. So they're both really similar and I think it's even though sometimes it's a lot more am. Ambiguous to, like, learn something about the world through music and art um, as opposed to, like, chemistry, biology, uh, other sciences, uh, or, or or what have you. But um, chemistry, right, you know? Yeah, like you know, cord extension bonds and all that.
2: <laughs> Sorry, that was an inside joke. Uh, but, yeah, wait. Um, yeah, yeah, but... Uh, you think it's possible to learn... Through yeah, art, yeah, about it's kind humanity of, it's, it's and about same, life.
1: It's that same concept that I said about like playing ambiguously within mm-hmm. your music so as to make it easier for the listener to fill in their experiences with and enjoy. hmm I
2: mean the great thing about music is it's basically totally abstract.
1: Yeah, and uh, yet
2: it's like right there in your face. You know, e- even when you add words to a song, it almost still seems abstract, in a way. Because the music part is still abstract. And, and the story, and I guess you could probably say this about all poetry, it, it kind of gives you this kind of feeling that you can't describe, really. And that's what music is. You, I mean, we can we can describe all the parts and all the technical aspects of music, but... We can't describe the emotions. Some of the emotions or feelings, in words. I mean, some you maybe you could maybe say this is happy, but that's probably a
1: huge simplification of what's yeah, totally. what you're really experiencing. It uh, it it has had a history of being used as uh, being happy, but just mm-hmm. imagine if. Uh, Thank you, Siri. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? Well, I forgot to mention
2: that Siri is also involved in this podcast. Oh isn't? yeah. And uh, I, don't how, I don't
1: know how walking around yeah. happened,
0: but
2: Siri, you got to talk closer into the mic, okay? <laughs>
0: yeah, she just has something to say. Uh, <laughs> um, she
2: she knows yeah. a lot about art. You know, it's amazing. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> well, you were talking about you know the feeling
1: of happiness. Oh right, yeah. It's just like we we ascribe these words with our music to describe and and that's a lot of what it is to be a music theorist it's like well i can i can talk about music more than the average person it's like well that's that's great and all but it's like can well, you all made up. does it yeah it's all made up <laughs> yeah well you know? when when you call yourself a theorist
2: you know like you're basing everything not on fact right yeah. in, in some ways but that's not totally true uh i'm I'm music theorists, which is another interesting thing that probably the general population has no idea that there's people that are called music theorists out there, and that they go to school and spend lots of money to become a music theorist like that it's it's a completely interesting thing, right I mean you go to school you get an undergrad for four years and a master's for two years or whatever approximately and then you go get a doctorate for like three to four years and now you're a music theorist what what you know what is your contribution to society as a music theorist? because Jacob basically just said that it's a really stupid profession <laughs> yeah unless
0: you want to teach at a college. <laughs> then yeah I wouldn't suggest going into music theory <laughs> it's, uh,
1: it's extremely interesting to myself cool.
2: and but as a disclaimer
1: all music
2: theorists you're wasting your life Or
1: <laughs> anyone who's doing anything is wasting their life okay. we should all just be meditating we should be in the matrix videos. You know?
0: yeah. seriously
1: <laughs> okay
2: so um, that's not true I'm sure there's a lot of music theorists out there that are making a very great contribution to music in ways that we don't even realize, most of us, because yeah. music is a very isolated thing in some ways, especially the higher up you get, the more knowledge you get. You, I don't know, in the universities, you, you just become isolated somehow. Uh, and then I think for music theorists and even music historians, they're an even smaller subset of the music the uh the scholarly music community which you know we're all a part of that whether you think about it or not but like we we went to the universities we're part of that we may be like outliers in some ways because we're interested in not just from remaining in that system where a lot of people are but we're part of that small smaller group you know it's there's there's a group of musicians that tour and are part of pop music and all sorts of music but there's a very small group i think that are actually scholars in a way which is funny to think of maybe it's funny to think of ourselves as scholars but i think we're somewhat scholars you know uh, of music but like you guys still participate oh yeah and and i do too in the the real world as i've heard it called of music which maybe like people in the universities don't realize that that's not the real world you know that's like that's that's some kind of like made up thing in a lot of ways like if you do really good in school it doesn't mean you're going to do really good in life you know you, unless you stay in that system it's it's a fake system. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have thought about this. Oh, yeah, totally is. But, you know, the schooling thing is hilarious. And actually, uh, schools, I feel like, are becoming more obsolete with the internet, with YouTube. I mean, there's so many amazing lessons and, like, so much information that you can get on YouTube. Like, you can watch, like... It's kind of funny, too, because actually, I feel like... It's very possible that YouTube and the internet could possibly, like, do away with a lot of schooling. Yeah. However, uh, I mean, that's not going to happen soon, probably. And, like, but what's funny is, like, I w- was watching, like, a lecture, a Harvard lecture. I Like, like they're participating and possibly getting rid of their stuff, getting rid of their... Well, like indirectly, you know, if they're putting their lectures, what's going to stop that professor just to cut out the middleman and put on lectures and get paid a- as an individual? Or, you know, like other people doing that and getting rid of that. There's this guy, Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you've heard of him, but sounds familiar. He he's a good guy to check out. And I guess he's getting pretty popular right now. Just talking about like, I guess, basically... In a nutshell, what's wrong with society and how to fix it in his way. But he was a Toronto, a professor in the University of Toronto. And there was a lot of controversy because, with the whole, like, um, I don't know what you call this, what kind of movement, but like with transgender and people like, uh, I don't know, people that have like not been getting fair treatment. Uh, apparently, and and I'm not an expert on this. I've just listened to a, a lot of commentary recently, so I'm commenting. But anyway, there was this movement in Canada. Uh, well, not movement. There's a law in Canada that you have to refer to tran- transgender people in with a certain uh, pronouns, like not sir or miss or whatever. You they're like these. I don't know. It sounds to me like there's these made-up kind of pronouns, like za or something. Like You're you're required yeah, by like law. And you're oh, yeah, required by law in Canada to do this. Really? Hmm. It, it's against the law. I, I believe it's against the law in Canada. I don't know if it's just in universities or if it's all of Canada, but it's definitely in the university. You have to refer to these people by this title. That's interesting. So anyway that's just a little bit of background to say that this guy, Jordan Peterson was like, I'm not going to do that. That's, you know, that's like not true with biology, you know, because we have chromosomes that make us man or female. And that's his, his reasoning. Like to say, I think there's more to that. So I don't want to say that that's his only reason, but he has his reasons. He was like, this is you, it's not right. So he spoke out about it and started getting a huge following and he has like a patreon account and he's making youtube videos doing lectures and just making way more money not even asking he's not asking for money like people are just giving it to him because they want him to keep doing what he's doing and so he was saying this he's like you know he's still employed for the university of toronto but he's been on sabbatical Mm. and He's, like, they're asking, him, you know, are you going to go back? And he's, like, well, he has, like, I don't know, like, 26,000, like, followers or something or subscribers on YouTube. I, it's something ridiculous. So, he's, like, do I want to teach this way or do I want to teach 300 people at the university? It's, like, you know, because, like, one semester maybe he has 300 people. So. Right. Okay. He's like, if I'm going to go back to the university, I'm not going to do things the same way I was doing before. But hes he really feels, and a lot of people, I think, feel that you can get the same education online as you can in class. I think it's a little different for musicians because we benefit from a lot of one-on-one training that, like, of course, we don't need to have that in the university, but we can't get the same the same level or, or the same things we can get a lot from watching a YouTube video but we can't get like everything that we could get from a one-on-one lesson as like if if you're just sitting in on a lecture you probably get the same amount of oh, close to the same amount of information as you would watching that lecture online uh, aside from the fact you can't ask questions there may be some things that you're not Feeling, I don't know. Maybe there's a transfer of information through vibrations or something like cognitive things that you benefit more from being in the room than you would from watching on YouTube. But anyway, um, so yeah, tell me what, what, uh, either of y'all thought about this system of universities being in it as a musician or what's your experience? What do you think should change or what's good or bad about it?
1: I've, I've thought about this a lot over the last year I finished at LSU my undergrad degree in May and but my entire last two semesters there I just couldn't get away from the thought that I could have like gone about it things a different way and I I was like, well, could I have gotten the same amount of knowledge and been the same amount of prepared or better prepared if I had, like, gone to specific teachers one-on-one rather than going through the whole, like, university classes, spending all this money, like, now I'm going to be paying back these loans for a significant amount of time. I feel that. And, mm. But I still, I still have, like, I mean, in our in the way that we live it's just like yeah if you if you start with the school system at an early age you know you go to elementary school you get done with eighth grade you're expected to go to high school then you're expected to go to college in the united states and in most other like um what we call well-developed countries then but i mean there's especially for music and and art there's like Different ways that you can go, go about this, and mm-hmm. like my thought pattern is still like I want to keep learning about music, yeah. and I want to keep doing things hands on. So sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I should go to grad school, but it's like I don't want to be in more debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so is there a
2: smarter way maybe to get? I think knowledge?
1: there is. You know, you as a musician, you find a person who's doing the thing that you want to do, <laughs> and. And you you just learn from them. Yeah. You just you you meet with them and I find that musicians kind of these days have to you know, just <clears throat> even more so than in some other times, kinda of have to do everything to sustain huh. themselves. Yeah. You know, definitely so, feels that way. So you know, whether that be playing, you know, doing gigs
0: and that's really broad, but that includes yeah, I because mean, each playing. game is a personal experience within itself, and you yeah. learn so much just it's from a, like from a thirty-minute set, and then watching someone play like for forty-five minutes after you, like there are so many different things you can observe, and the and, like. I was I was I would say like in the field, mm-hmm. and you can and you hear something. This happens to me all the time. Like I'll just hear something uh, from a drummer that's better than me, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll I'll like I'll probably record it. <laughs> I'm going to keep that. It's going to go on social it. media at some point, but I do record it and I go back and listen to it and I think, man, that sounds really good. I'm like, how did they do that? <clears throat> and that's uh, perhaps like one of my favorite ways to learn because it's very interactive, it's very personal, and also it's just fun. And like going back with uh, going with, like with uh, what Jacob was talking about with you know accumulating student debt for a degree that mm-hmm. may or may not be valid. Uh, in the long run uh, as you go through life after you know school I think there's just this, this uh, societal societal pressure to uh, to maintain this level of academia mm-hmm. to be credible in, in, in modern society given mm-hmm. that degrees are passed out like candy and then all to do almost anything with any career like you're required to have a degree and then get it and then ha- and accumulate experience with your degree even though like you spent your whole life working towards this degree to get experience, but, like, the experience isn't there because, like, you were never put in, that yeah. s- in the position to accumulate it. Yeah, but, I mean, it, <clears throat> and
2: as musicians, you know, it almost legitimizes you being a musician to, like, the outside world because <laughs> people are like, why do we need musicians, you know? in yeah. like, your family, your friends are like, are you, what are you going to do with that? And it's like, well, I have a degree, you know? I'm legitimate, you know? I'm, I'm just like you. When right. really like, right. you're you know, you're we're crunching
1: we're, your numbers, and I'm over here we you know, just making sounds. So I was we're both doing to, things that are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: was telling my student the other day, who's like twelve years old, new student. I was like, Yeah, I went to college to play guitar. <laughs> you know, that, that's what I did. I just played guitar all the time. And he's like, Whoa, whoa, you can do that? You know, like <laughs> I hate school. <laughs> like, you mean I can just be a guitarist or you're something? Yeah. <laughs> but. I think something really interesting about the way our society is set up, like, okay, we're a capitalist society, right? And Mm -hmm. it's like a kind of competition society in a way to make money and you, you, you're supposedly like rewarded for your work and your products and everything. And that's kind of how, I mean, you have to make a good product. You have to make a product that people want, but anyway, the way way it's set up, I guess, like, it's, it's kind of nice to be a student in some way, not uh, the traditional sense of, like, you're at a university, but, like, if you're, if you get an opportunity, like, for me, example, for example, I worked at a donut shop, this is crazy, you know, it seems like it's totally unrelated to music, it probably is, but, I worked for a guy who had been making donuts, had a successful donut business for like 30 years, and I was working one-on-one with him, and he's showing me like, it's a small business, so it's just him and his wife and me, and we're running an entire shop, so I'm learning like all the ways that he's been successful for the past 30 years, and he's passing down all this knowledge to me, and he's teaching me also how to make all these different types of donuts which it's not common sense you know there's a lot of tricks that we learn which is basically the same thing as what we do as students we learn from these teachers that have a lot of experience and like give us information that will help us so we don't make the same mistakes we try to get further along but anyway the huge difference between going to school and what i did is that guy paid me to teach me all that stuff. (laughs) Whereas you go to school, you have to pay a lot of money to get that same kind of information. And really, you're not necessarily getting it from somebody who's been proven in the the world or proven in society or proven in the marketplace. So like...
1: (laughs) There's a you're, good chance. You're, you're getting it from someone who's who, thought about it a lot and thought, has yeah. proved to the outside world that they're capable of talking about it. But I think not those necessarily. are called theorists, right? You know, like, <laughs> we're, we're doing a lot of sly theory. And, and that's, theory not, um,
2: that's not to say that there aren't some like really good teachers that have proven themselves in the marketplace that are in colleges. There definitely are. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a majority, though, which is kind of scary. Um, you know, like we we all went to LSU for a degree. It's, it's a research school. So they're like encouraged to go out and and do things and like, you know, do like real kind of uh, work, real world work. Not all of them do it. Not all of them continue to do it. I don't know. It depends like what kind of work they actually did to say, you know, whether or not that that is, real world kind of work or it was just a part like an opportunity they got from being in the college but there's other schools that you don't have to you're not encouraged to do that you're only encouraged to sit around and teach and just keep theorizing so like you know and and as a prerequisite to to be a teacher in these schools you had to have gone to school for 12 years most of the time so like that doesn't mean you have any real-world experience, right?
1: That just means you <laughs> did the You've same the thing, thing you're doing now. Yeah. We're
3: teaching
2: people to be teachers, and, yeah. yeah, we're missing some things there.
1: Going back to what I was saying before about how, like, musicians have to do everything to stay afloat or, like, find as many different outlets to, you know, support themselves. And definitely at first, at least, before you become established in Yeah, one until thing. you figure out the Which one niche Which we're
2: all thing. in that boat that we're right. kind of... We're not there yet right?
1: Um, I do find that A lot more Guitarists specifically Because I mean that's like The focus that I'm like looking at mm-hmm. But a lot of guitarists Are offering one-on-one Online lessons yeah. Via Skype, etc And that's one way That uh, they're able to support themselves And that's also another reason that I find Music in Uh, universities and not only music, but just university teaching in general to be kind of like getting more and more obsolete as our technology increases to the point where you can just wake up, have an appointment with someone, go on your computer, and then there you are, you know, learning guitar from someone um, thousands of miles away. It's really
2: efficient, right? Because you can, like you said, you can wake up, have a lesson, and then Push the button and then just start practicing everything you learned from the lesson, instead of like driving or biking mm-hmm. or taking the bus to school and then going to your lesson. You know, then you take your lesson, then you go to somewhere else to like practice. You know, you just cut out a lot of stuff there. Potentially a really good thing, especially as the technology evolves and it, it's it keeps evolving. But you know. Do you know about this net neutrality thing? I mean, that I seems like better. that could be hazardous to like people starting out yeah. like, as musicians. Like, I mean, because all of a sudden now it seems like th- like they can kind of be like, "Well, we're not going to like give you the same opportunity as everybody else because unless you have you pay to, me more." Unless you have to yeah. pay, so it's like. It was this amazing thing when the internet came out and became this platform for us because it just leveled the play, playing field. And
1: then we In squandered our opportunity by just <laughs> only caring about School social or media. Social media, oh, <laughs> yeah. God,
2: yeah. And, you know, you're right. A lot of people squandered their opportunity where, like, we could have... I mean theoretically which you know that's what we are theorists here right we we could have built something really big for nothing whereas now without the net neutrality or maybe it's going to be a lot harder to do that and it also seems like another way like to now have record companies come back and like have that kind of power that they had before which you know it's, <laughs> It it is capitalism, I guess, and it's it's the step that a lot of businesses want to take, and it's going to be very beneficial for them. Yeah. But I, I think that could possibly change a lot of things.
0: Yeah, and I've also recently been thinking about the, the, this connection. The, the, it I would say potential connection because I don't know if this is true or not. I mean, this is my own theory, my my conspiracy. Is that maybe that the repeal of the net neutrality is in response to a significant drop in a, in a enrollment and attendance at s- s- uh, schools outside of like, like colleges and universities, yeah. because you know, yeah, you, like, like, you know, like we've been talking about, you know, you can still get the same knowledge for free on <laughs> yeah. YouTube and maybe they're seeing that. And then cause a lot of money rolls through these schools naturally and, and it helps the economy ish, I guess. I I don't know. But I know there's a lot of money to be had in it. So like if a lot of people are bypassing the system, government's not making their money or like and vice versa. And so uh, maybe they're trying to balance it out, which I think is completely unnecessary. Because like,
2: they're not balancing anything by this. They're, they're, They're doing the opposite of balancing. It was kind of balancing. But I mean, whether it's a conspiracy or not, I think it's just fact that People are like organizations with a lot of money You know, they try to do things that give them more power and and you know stabilize their business so The internet is a huge instability because it takes away a lot of their business and gives it away for free or just gives it to somebody else who's starting out it takes away a lot of power and and whether it's a university that sees a drop in attendance or it's record companies who like can't make enough money because people will go do things by themselves or like probably any number of businesses that are affected the same way they they're all going to be in favor of that they're all going to be pushing for this i honestly i don't even know how the vote worked i just heard about it and i was looked it up and i was like oh okay this seems like a A really bad thing, but you know, I'm sure there were lobbyists involved and different people that really pushed for this. And yeah, I mean, who's got the money? The people with the money definitely have, probably have more power. I don't think it's a a corruption thing. It's just that's the way it works. And I don't think it's it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's it's something to think about, and it's a new obstacle and. Yeah, I would say though be prepared for the internet to change drastically here yeah. and and your opportunities of like posting things and getting the same kind of recognition that you that we're all used to at this point, it it's probably going to change drastically. But it's sad. You know, it it's sad, but like we have to have change in our society. I mean, for like new ideas and, and growth, you you have to have change. It's um yeah, some, one of my uh, family members who was a really very successful businessman. <laughs> he, I was doing some work for him and uh, he he's in like the industrial side of things and he's got these huge just metal racks that you basically put really heavy stuff on. And in order to move them, you have to get on forklifts and like, do a lot of work, and he he was talking to this other employee of his who's been working for him for I don't know how long, probably 30 years, and he's like, how many times do you think you move this rack to a new place, you know, like taking them down and put them up, and his his idea was like, you know, when nothing's happening, you got to just change something. As simple, if it's something as simple as just moving something around, just to spark some kind of change or some kind of work, I mean... I, I don't know. I think that that is some kind of stimulus. So like even though this net neutrality thing seems really uh not so great for like starting out musicians or people who want to deliver free content. Well, it it could also promote new things and new like work around kind of things and that like could could like reform so
0: to speak. Maybe. Of reform, uh, uh, in what way? I, I guess in the process of, uh, I guess finding a happy medium between uh, businesses making their money as well as people still having the the access to information and, and whatever they would need on the internet. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I know I very mean, little about the well the consequences.
2: I, I don't know either, and I guess we're going to find out yeah. soon enough, but. It is a reform, I mean, definitely. And I think that, uh, um, yeah, there's going to have to be some kind of happy medium found. I hope so. I mean, or it's going to be an unhappy medium, and that's possible, too. I mean, I'm sure the whole record company thing was a pretty unhappy medium for a lot of people. But I don't know that from experience. When I talked to my first teacher, who's, I guess he's uh, in his 60s, close to 70, he's like a rock blues guy. I mean, he was teaching at a university for a long time, but when he was in high school, he played a ton of gigs. I mean, like, he was gigging everywhere in high school. There were so many gigs available, and, like, him now, he's still gigging, playing the same kind of music in some ways, but, like, there's not many gigs, there's not many, like, really high-paying gigs It's just, it's not the same culture. But, you know, that was at the time when, like, to get a a recording contract was probably a really big deal. So you would think that because only, like, a small sample of all the musicians out there were actually recording, that maybe, you know, that would kind of, like, stifle the music industry. But I don't know. I think maybe it created more opportunity in some way that... I haven't thought about and don't know, but it's it's a possibility.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's an optimistic way of looking. Yeah. at it. <laughs> It's so a very optimistic <laughs> way, but
2: you know, I I won't say that's going to happen, but it could. It, it or it could be a huge demise.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, well, they can't take the music away from us, you know. It, well, we'll, well overturn know, the I government, I guess,
2: <laughs> if they do, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't
0: be so quick to say that.
2: Well, if enough people in the music industry get aggravated, it's possible something will happen. But you know what? This is all like on the assumption that record companies or people like that are about to go back into power because of the repeal of net neutrality. We don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just making, you know what? I haven't really thought this out a whole lot. And I'm not claiming to be like some kind of economist or anything that would predict this. But I do think it is a possibility that there can be some kind of huge sway of power because of this Net Neutrality Act. But, you know, maybe that's the history of the United States. is like... Find some kind of, like... uh, You know, kind of, like, level system and figure out how to, like, capitalize it, you know? And... (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, see, I have these... Pictures that I, I really don't want everybody to see, yeah. you know. And I, I couldn't figure out how to uh, to stop my screensaver in enough time because. Uh, Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Do you need some more water? Oh, uh, fine. You want an apple? You have to fight Jacob for it because he brought it here. When you uh, split it. It's a big apple. That is a big apple. You can do, like, the lady and the
1: tramp thing. and no. <laughs> It is Valentine's Day. Oh, it yeah. is Valentine's it's just Day. just, like,
0: uh, closer, get knives closer and closer and closer. <laughs> you just, like, take a slice and, then, you know, say thank you for the slice of apple and then go about my day.
1: Yes, respectfully go
0: home. Yeah. <laughs> so Probably call you later. I don't know.
1: Do you feel
2: different today because it's Valentine's Day? What are you going to do? Do you have plans for Valentine's Day?
0: Well, I had my plans last night. Oh okay. Yeah. So uh went and got some cheesecake, mm-hmm. the new South Park game, played a little bit of that. Lots of inappropriate humor. And uh yeah, just got drunk. Got drunk. Yeah. Woke up and here I am. Here you are. This is my Happy real Valentine's this is my real V Day plan right here. This is your real yeah, I mean yeah. this it's, Well Valentine's Day is for the boys. It's know. for the
1: boys. It's yeah. The boys. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Jacob? I don't really have, no, I don't have any plans. No. It's a, uh, you know, Valentine's Day is just a, a capitalist scheme to, <laughs> to get people to buy Hallmark cards.
2: Well, that's very possible. But if you say that to, you know, your girlfriend or wife, you could get in yeah. a lot of trouble. Right, yeah, so I don't I just don't one. say that. No. <laughs> good, good for you, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I enjoy being married. And, you know, my wife and I uh, kind of... I don't know. I guess we're too busy to think about Valentine's Day some, sometimes. Or it's probably just me being an idiot where she really wants me to, like, think about it and come up with something elaborate. And, yeah, that's probably it, you know, and yeah. I'm just not delivering. But in some ways, like, all of these birthdays and Christmas and Valentine's Day, there's always something
1: going on, you know, and it's... A certain elevated expectation...
2: I I I find it hard enough just to like, you know, just take care of simple things. You know, I, oh, yeah. is that us being musicians? I don't know. You know, what well, what is that? I'm just pretty, <laughs> pretty lazy. Pretty lazy. <laughs> yeah. Musicians are lazy. You know, it's funny because I heard somebody. I think oh, it was Aziz Ansari. You know, he. I guess you guys watch Netflix a little bit, or no? Every once in a while, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: Master None.
2: Yeah, well, master of none, yes. Um are you being sarcastic or are you being serious? Cuz usually when I ask that question, oh, you watch Netflix, people are like, oh, a little bit, you know, but they're being uh, hugely sarcastic. Oh, so.
0: uh, uh, no, I I'm, I'm being uh honest. Uh recently, it's I, I've been on and off mostly because I've just been busy with other obligations, but at night every once in a while if I'm not playing video games, I'll just watch like a, a movie on Netflix mm-hmm. or something. I I definitely don't watch Netflix uh Netflix as much as I used to. Same. yeah so it's... well,
2: I you know like at the beginning of the year, I was like, I'm not gonna watch Netflix for like at least January because I was like practicing and watching Netflix, and it's something that I've talked to a lot of musicians that do that kind of thing I like
1: practicing while watching Netflix,
2: <laughs> yeah, and like you're not necessarily watching it, but you're also not necessarily focusing on practicing, and I think there is some good to that, but like when it becomes a habit, it's like, okay. Does it, it, it stops being good.
1: Yeah, it gets mm-hmm. hard to do either. It, it gets <laughs> yeah. hard to do
2: either, and like in some ways, it it, it uh, strengthens this muscle of like uh, muscle memory, as we call it, which I think about too. Like, is that a real thing? I don't know, but like we talk about it a lot.
0: Yeah, I think it's. Uh also healthy to every once in a while throw in a distraction intentionally Mm -hmm. when you practice because you're going to get distracted
2: you know it's it's something that like almost happens like every gig at some point or multiple points you're going to have some kind of distraction exactly so it's a training mechanism to like help you but anyway i kind of cut it out and like also like sometimes when i would Finish practicing, you know, like to take a break, I would watch something. But I think that watching something and like for me, I'm usually like really engaged in anything I watch. It is kind of draining in a way. So it's not relaxing like I kind of thought it was. It's just like something else. But anyway, what I was getting to is there's this new Jerry Seinfeld show called like uh, getting coffee in cars with comedians comedians or something like that. And so Aziz was on there, and he was saying, like, basically the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, you know, all comedians are super lazy. But if you think about it, you know, in a lot of ways, they're not lazy at all. Like, because, I mean, to be a musician or probably a comedian, you've got to work really hard. You've got to practice a ton. You know, you've got to sacrifice so many things. And it's not like a 9 to 5 job at all where, like, you're just like, oh, it's 5 o'clock. Time to have some beers, you know, and just relax. Like, we don't really have that luxury, you know. Like, if it's a luxury, maybe it's not. To us, I guess it's not a luxury. But some people, maybe they like having their weekends or... And maybe you do too. I I don't know. I'm speaking, I guess, for myself. But I feel like we're always maybe having to practice or prepare for something or play a gig or promote for a gig. Do all these things which are not... you, You wouldn't call that lazy... Um, But in a lot of ways, we're we're lazy, you know. Like we wake yeah. up late or whatever, and we don't want to do something, so we yeah. sit in bed for an entire day or whatever. I don't know.
0: I'm pretty sure that's due to just having a more flexible schedule than mm-hmm. your strict nine to five and your weekends off. I mean, because you can still, on on the weekends, you know, as a musician, it's still possible to have your weekends off. Oh yeah. Uh, ex- say for gigs that you have at night or or whatever, but I mean. Uh, I mean, I kind of find, I find it difficult to call a gig work, you know, because because uh, if I know if I'm going to have fun, you know, I mean it's very cliche, but like, yeah, you know, it's not work if you're having fun, but uh, but I mean that, that's what it is. I mean, so it, in a way, it feels like I have a lot of time off um, being a musician. But I mean, with like waking up late or uh, staying out late or just taking care of your duties at night or in the morning. I mean, that's all up to the, uh, all up to us individually. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's a lot of flexibility, but
2: there's a lot of hard work too, I think.
0: Yeah. It's all about
1: finding the right balance because if you want to have that time when you can really just kind of like relax and let go
2: or something, you know, have some beers, whether that be, whether that be
1: in the, context of music or outside the context of music then you have to work really hard like you mm-hmm. have to work hard planning your stuff and and uh you know doing all the stuff to prepare for you know the gigs and and etc so that you can have the time when you can just like let go but you also have to work really hard practicing yeah so that whenever you're playing you don't have to think okay i'm gonna hit this a minor chord then i'm gonna hit this E mm-hmm. minor chord. yeah you know so that you just learn everything that you need to do Bust your ass, and then you get up there, you just forget everything.
2: Yeah, it it takes a lot of work, and like I think the jury's out whether or not musicians are lazy or (laughs) or whether they are lazier than like your average person or less lazy. And I I would think probably less lazy, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I, I haven't seen that study. I know that for me, if I had to go to work, which I've done before, like 8 to 5, 9 to 5. That is some really hard stuff to do, and it's very draining. And, like, I guess you get used to it or you get, like, numb to it or something. But I feel like this makes me truly happy, you know. And some people doing it 8 to 5 are probably really happy, too,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, depending on what you're doing. But, uh, I, you know, I would... I I wouldn't want to or I I just it's hard to do anything other than play music I don't know do you guys feel that way too or
0: I feel the same way I mean yeah like having a nine-to-five is stable and it sounds comforting Mm -hmm. and yeah it's very draining at least you know like for when five o'clock hits you know you know you can do whatever you want yeah but I don't like. I've never really liked the idea of living on someone else's time. Mm-hmm. And as a musician, you know, like we set up our gigs, rehearsal schedules, like tours, yeah. uh, and, and everything we do, it's up to us mm-hmm. uh, to to make it happen. And and in doing that, it's like you have to make the time. You have to give yourself that time. And, and in a way, there's like, uh, I, like there's a sense of freedom that you get that not many people have. Even if there's not a lot of money or stability into it, at least you have a say-so in creating your own opportunities that can potentially be fruitful like down the road.
2: Yeah, I've heard this said because it sounds like you're just maybe like explaining <clears throat> what an entrepreneur is in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically.
2: And, what, and what I've heard about entrepreneurs, us or we or they, they feel more... Comfort and knowing you have all sorts of different sources of income Instead of like everything is just on one income and if you lose that one income You lose your livelihood basically, but like as musicians like you're saying jacob you have to do a little bit of everything, you know And even if it's like okay, I have to teach 30 students a week or whatever Well, if 10 of them don't show up you still have 20 students, you know like and that's to me that's comforting and I would rather just have a hundred jobs that I kind of like pursued or created I guess I don't know if you want to call it that but uh, yeah I I feel more comfort and more satisfaction that way than I would if I was depending on somebody else but anyway I, I don't know that's that's kind of my thought and uh
0: and I also think that a lot of people that aren't uh, musicians or who's who learn how to play music but pursue a different line of work are taught, you know, that music is just merely a hobby. And yeah, it is. I mean, if you don't want to put uh, uh, like like yeah, a lot of weight from from your life into it, and that's totally fine. You know, I, I get it. You know, some people like to do it for fun. People are you know like us like take it very seriously, mm-hmm. and man. Um, yeah. Where am I going with this? Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, you know we're probably getting pretty tired here <laughs> from yeah. talking, and oh, and we should really play something. Point. But I think you had a good point, you know, talking about. Uh, well, I don't know what that point was, but yeah. you know, you, there's there's a difference between being oh. a hobbyist and.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, okay, hobbyist and, and being and being serious about it is that, um, you know, with a lot of people being taught that it's a hobby, they. Think you know, like uh, it sort of uh, creates this mindset uh, uh, with a lot of people that when someone, when a musician says, Oh, I play music for a living, I'm a musician, and they're like, Oh, so you have you're poor, yeah, you're poor, poor. like, where's your stability? And it's like, No, the the stability is where I put it, Mm -hmm. like, I don't have to rely on some uh, CEO to give me stability, yeah, that stability I know I have is mine. Because like you said about like if you lose like five students out of 30, you still have work. Yeah. You know, they lose their job. They have to go through several interviews to, to get that income back. And putting all your ducks in, in one basket seems like a, like a stick of dynamite to me. It can just go off at any moment.
2: And that, yeah, that's the way we think. That's yeah. like in our genes or, or whatever that we feel that way. Like a lot of people would be terrified <laughs> to do that, you know, and they like just whoa, 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 what, you know, like yeah. you're not going to have somebody that like ensures you're going to get this much money every month. But like that's the way entrepreneurs are, are coded, I guess, like that they have to they have to know that there's a lot of different ways that they can produce an income. and And that's that's stability to us. Because we know we have this craft or whatever. We have something that we can go out and make an opportunity. It doesn't always just, like, show up. It's not like, oh, I want to teach a new student. And then a student shows up at your door. It doesn't quite happen that way, which would be kind of nice, you know. (laughs) Like, when you're having a tough month or something, you're like, oh, you know. Come to my. You call somebody. I'd be like, yeah, I need, I need two students coming here, and I'm ready yeah. to teach. Can I get them by a Wednesday? Uh, <laughs> yes. I have,
0: I have free shipping at,
1: through Amazon. That's where, uh, that's where Eric has the luxury. Is like, Eric, bass player, yeah, playing player, yeah. He's not here today. That right? guy, you know, let's talk about him because yeah. he's not here. But he's yeah, fired. he, <laughs> he like more than any other musician that I know, just like gets called for gigs all the time, and like that's what I want to get to the point. Yeah. of uh, being able to do where I yeah. can just get called and he's, they're going to know yes that I like and know just... how to do what they want me to do and uh,
2: that's yeah. like a I guess it's a bass player <laughs> thing because I know another guy here he's uh, at North Texas now doing his masters but he when he graduated LSU he took like a couple years off and that guy like every time I go out with him like you know to the bar or to get food like his phone just keeps ringing, like it never stops. He never like every time I'm out, he's gotten like two gigs or something. You know, like a bass player That's is awesome. so in demand, especially yes, here. You know, in in Louisiana and Baton Rouge, if you want to make a lot of money, become a bass player that can be versatile. You know, and and you're never gonna not have work. Yeah, it, yeah. unfortunately, it's not that way for guitarists. I don't know if it's like that for drummers. Maybe more than guitarists, maybe less. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Uh, I'd say it's more so between guitars and bass. I mean, because there's a healthy amount of drummers. Excuse me, but mm-hmm. a lot, of, a, a lot of them, a lot of drummers around here, typically play just one style. I mean, you got a lot of rock drummers. You have uh, drum, drummers that play cover gigs, and that's all they do, and mm-hmm. that's totally fine too, because you know, there's money to be made in cover gigs. Sure um but you know especially if you're a diy kind of person mm-hmm. or like as an entrepreneur like we've been talking about you know if, as, a, as a drummer i feel the need to be able to play as m- many styles as i can possibly find because i, I mean I, i'm starting to get called for jazz gigs now i mean i'm playing rock and funk shows with jacob and i'm playing indie rock shows uh like pop shows or just anything where I need to keep a beat or play a certain style like that's like where the versatility is crucial and and around here you know as a drummer you don't see much of that yeah this is typically a lot of the same thing so like I would encourage you know m- musicians around this area to like drummers bassists guitarists keyboard, whatever you know just try and learn as much as you can yeah, because, because there's, that's where you find more work.
2: There's not like a need for like
0: a thousand
2: jazz drummers every month or exactly. Something. You know, there's like maybe 10 jazz gigs a month or something for drummers. But maybe there's like 10 classical gigs or there's 10 country yeah. gigs or whatever, yeah. you know. And like if you're versatile, you can take a bunch of different gigs and you have a lot more... Chance a lot more opportunity to to make a living out of that, yeah. and I think it makes you a better player, right? Yeah, it,
0: I mean, it makes you a stronger musician, stronger drummer. Just being able to flip the switch like that, you know, I mean, for anybody, yeah, playing music that's it's a really incredible skill to have, in my opinion. It's like definitely and like top five.
2: I'd like to say that it's all music. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're talking all... about the same thing here. Like, yeah. uh, no matter what kind of music uh, it is, it's, it's all music. Like people like to have so many biases about, oh, I don't like that stuff. I don't like that kind of music or something. You don't like what? You don't like,
0: you are only like getting paid.
2: You don't, like, <laughs> well, you, you don't like that kind of what, what is it called? It's music. Oh yeah. Okay. It, it's all music. You know, like we're like the building blocks are essentially the same thing.
1: The outcome is the same thing. I remember that from in this book. Whenever, um, yeah, let's forget, show, show that to the. I forget canvas. which chapter it is. That's, that's but, the, uh, the Bible. No, I. Just... <laughs> no, it it's is in a lot funny of because word. I was thinking I was thinking that it was like the Bible in the a lot King of The King Wooten version, <laughs> the King Wooten Bible. Yeah and he was like yeah i don't like bluegrass Yeah. someone like was like, like yeah you should you should like listen to this bluegrass or play along with this bluegrass record and he's like yeah i don't like bluegrass and he's like do you really not like bluegrass <laughs> or do you lack the ability to play and understand and really feel bluegrass or do you like not like something in bluegrass that you find in yourself
2: yeah and that's <laughs> what he said he's like w- you know like who doesn't like you don't like bluegrass you know like it's you that has the problem right know? the music yeah. is the, fine the bluegrass there's, is out there there's <laughs> a ton of fans the music is great but it's you that has a problem you know you know you have to change your perspective you know you have to realize that this is not like the fault of the music it's it's music that people enjoy it is music you know it's it's, it's a great thing it it does the same thing for a lot of people that the music that you say you like does. But the person who needs to change is you, not anybody making that music. If you can like right. open yourself up to the fact that there's a lot of great things in whatever kind of music you think you don't like, whether it's like pop music or any kind of music, you can get a lot of great things out of it. There's a lot of just as much as you think you can get out of the music that you really enjoy playing. You can get that out of any style, I think. You know, it's just, it's up to you. And and the in the book, you know, he ends up liking Bluegrass. And, like, this book is, like, uh, I don't know when it was written, but if you fast forward into his life, well, probably one of the most successful things that Victor Wooten uh, did was... This bluegrass collaboration called Bale of Fleck and the Flectones. I don't know if you've heard that, but oh. like you've heard it, it's, yeah? Like it's I mean some interesting music. I it's really like it. it's really interesting. It's like it fuses bluegrass and funk and like all sorts of stuff. But like <laughs> yeah, look at that. That started as as something that he didn't like, but then he became really successful and it, it was only because I mean he had to have enjoyed doing it. I think, I mean, knowing Victor Wooden, he definitely enjoyed it. So there's so many things in life that maybe we have these biases or we think like, oh, I hate that or something. But like you can easily change that and get a lot of joy and satisfaction out of a lot of things you don't like. But just a funny thing is like we had somebody over and we had some ice cream, red bean ice cream. I don't know if you've ever had that. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, like, I think something funny is like, people will say, Well, I I don't like red bean ice cream. And then somebody will say, Oh, but you have to try (laughs) this red bean ice cream. Which is funny because, like, you're trying to convince somebody that they just haven't tried the right red bean ice cream. But, you know, if somebody doesn't like it, why is the first instinct for this other
1: person to say, But you have to try this? kind that you don't like you know like because it's like oh well i i can't be wrong for liking this so yeah. <laughs> obviously i need to show this person what they're missing out on
0: or maybe it's like someone hasn't really tried it but like just thinks that the idea of bread, beans and ice cream is not as enti- enticing as most people think it is and so giving them an incentive to at least give it a shot mm-hmm and let them experience that. I mean, uh, and you know, same thing with music. It's like, what you haven't heard this bluegrass band. You haven't heard this bluegrass. Like, the, like these guys are stellar, and you, <laughs> and they're definitely worth like the opportunity to check out. And then that's how you rope people in. You know, if they yeah. don't like it, still, then that's totally fine. Yeah. But you know, like, there's always that chance that there that there is something about what you're showing someone else they can find and understand on a personal level it may not be the entire project but it, it could just be one small aspect of what they're listening to that they latch on to emotionally and from then on they're a fan of that band and you know they may branch out or just listen to that band oh, only this particular band from this particular genre but like at, at the end of the day they still learn something new and come to appreciate something about just music in general yeah and, and their connection with it even if they don't play music I think like maybe,
2: you know, you can also like trick people into liking something too, like, and, and it's (laughs) kind of, (laughs) it's kind of what we're trying to do where we're, we're taking music and collaborating or combining it with something that is not music and it could be so many different things. But if somebody like, let's say like it's a short film, like a silent film or something that somebody makes. And you have somebody in the audience that really just loves film, but they're not a huge fan of music or maybe a certain type of music. But then you combine that music with this film, and then all of a sudden this person has this experience because they enjoyed the film so much and the music was a part of it that all of a sudden they got tricked into, like, not realizing it, but actually they enjoyed the music. They enjoyed the whole experience. So maybe the next time they hear that music, they're going to, like have good thoughts
1: about yeah. it yeah. you know i had that exact experience because really? the baton rouge gallery over on dalrymple would do silent films uh, well that's insane because i i w- wasn't saying that from any experience i just came up with yeah idea. yeah no that <laughs> totally happened and they uh <laughs> right around halloween they did a a silent film i think it was called the cabinet of dr caligari and i went to it and they had this band who was like a Real like heavy metal, like sludge, like really slow, deep, droney metal band called Thou, and uh, I had heard some people talk about Thou, and I was like, eh, yeah, metal, it's, mm-hmm. uh, not my, not exactly my thing all the time, but went to it, and it was such an amazing experience because they're doing an improvised score for this movie, like behind the screen. And it was something that I'd never experienced before and now I like think the world of thou and they're
2: like so That's amazing. That's awesome. And like they were improvising. That's something you can relate to right? Yeah, totally And it's like, oh well, they're they're just doing the same exact thing I'm doing but with a different vocabulary Now, you know, that's like some insight into like Their whole music and like you just you got hooked now the next time we see Jacob like, or every time we see Jacob he's gonna, we're going to hear him from like a block away because he's going to be the whole time. jamming like the heaviest <laughs> metal you can imagine <laughs>
1: it's, that it's actually reminds done. me that's, that's something I r- would really really like to do what? is get on that silent movie improvised set series you know how much fun next to year have you oh, man, we'll, that was, well look you know the kind of stuff we're trying to do like combine
2: art and music I think that's a great project. You know, we need to do that, like Hydroplan and a silent movie, and we can try to put that on. So, like, um, I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but uh, hopefully soon. And I can give a plug for the next event we have, uh, which is at the Parlor, March 9th, and it's called Fish Bar Over Twenty One. You don't have to be over twenty one to go to it, but somehow that's the title. And uh, there will be drinks and and things. So it's probably not appropriate to bring really young people. So I would say like 18 and up. Or if you're maybe like in high school and you're about to turn 18, that's probably fine too. It's it's, it's loose, but um, it's not for children. Um, There's going to be photography and short film. And it's all going to be collaborated with original music uh, by my wife. Isol Lemieux and um, it should be a fun show Like, uh, and and Jacob is going to be performing too which I'm very is
1: excited about that She, the way that she wrote these pieces is like she just she didn't do traditional notation for me whatsoever mm-hmm. and I kind of like that because I'm not a very good sight reader, I'm very out of practice with it in the last couple of years but it's uh, more like suggestions and I'm pretty much like Improvising and communicating with the other performers, like like you, the piece mm-hmm. that we have, and then mm-hmm. and the other piece that you wrote.
2: Yeah, so it's it's to us it's really exciting, and we like this idea of combining all these arts. And it, it you know, I think it would be really cool if we just keep this going and keep it growing, and and that's what we want to do. And Stephen, we want to add you in there too. <laughs> we just. We we can find something. I, I was telling you so. I was like Buy some cowbelly. I was like Stephen. Yeah. No, actually, she said she wants a triangle. <laughs> triangle? Was,
0: yeah. Well, you're in luck because I do have one of those. Well, that's perfect. It's <laughs> buried in my pile of sticks and music in my locker at school. But well, get the triangle still,
2: out and then, <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and <laughs> we can probably get you in there. But look, you know, we plan on doing a lot of these events and all over the place, and just just with anything, and hopefully by combining things that people don't necessarily associate with music we can draw in a bigger crowd and and get people interested you know in in a way I don't know, get people interested by tricking them basically we just want to trick everybody (laughs) into liking whatever we
0: do it's like a fresh approach to something that's already existent
2: it's a fresh approach to subliminal messaging, you know (laughs) <laughs> some really good stuff gonna, in there.
1: i step up for a second.
2: Go ahead. And and I think uh well, we should probably play something soon. Yeah, you know, when you I come would, back, be, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh do that. this uh this has been a lot of fun and and I I'm I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, L- lot, lots of uh lots of insights given.
2: Lots of insights and we're going to have to do this again many times so we can get into way more provocative things you know because we want to lose fans and gain fans and if possible be lumped into the alt-right somehow because i feel like you're not successful unless somebody says that you're part of the alt-right
0: well at least that in their fashion movement like 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 their fashion like (laughs) what like what they're wearing as as they parade their (laughs) views to the public
2: Yeah, you know, if we're lucky, we get some kind of super critical, like, super hilarious uh, criticism, you know? And, and, And so, like, if we're not getting that, maybe we're not doing a good enough job in our conversation. Because I'm sure we're super capable of, like, saying some really offensive things to a lot of people...
1: And hopefully, we may have only offended theorists. I, oh, we definitely <laughs> and
2: possibly music theorists. historians. You know, like, and, and actually, everybody in you know, everybody involved in music higher and education. university <laughs> and higher education. Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, they're pretty much a small number, and a lot of them are, you know, not too pleasant to be around anyway. So, <laughs> we probably won't notice a difference, and most of them won't listen to this anyway because. It's not relevant to them at
0: all. Yeah, they probably drink their coffee black. Just saying. Nothing wrong with that. I mean... Well, I mean, then you're a music theorist.
2: I guess I gave you the wrong coffee today.
0: (laughs) Well, I I guess I'm guilty by association now. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, that's who we are. But anyway, what are we going to play, guys? We're going to play something. I'm going to cut this off and then reposition the mics and we'll play something and then eat because I know we're all starving and... Like if you heard a fourth member other than Siri, it was Steven's stomach because
0: although I didn't hear it, but you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe
2: when I listen back it's gonna be there.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's an art piece really. <laughs> <You> know, just, <laughs> gr- the up. grumblings of opinions. <laughs> 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 I like it. Okay. But anyway, I'm gonna right. excuse myself for a minute. I'll take it